Welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast brought to you by BrightPearl. Want to turn your business into a cash generating machine? You've come to the right place. This bite-sized podcast reveals the technology secrets fueling the world's fastest growing online brands. And for our host, we have retail industry expert, Caroline Baldwin. She'll be sharing her own wisdom and experience as she interviews high growth e-commerce brands to uncover their secret tech tools and tips for success. Let's get started on supercharging your growth. Here's Caroline. Hello, I'm Caroline and welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. Today, we're speaking with Ollie Marshall. He's the managing director of Maplin. Ollie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and the business today because it's had a bit of an interesting history, hasn't it? So it'd be good to explain to our readers exactly what Maplin is today. Brilliant. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Uh, as you say, I'm Ollie, uh, managing director of Maplin. Uh, we are the electronic specialist. Many people sort of will know our name in the UK. We are the new online-only reincarnation of Maplin, um, having exited all of the high street stores back in 2018. We sell everything from home security, Wi-Fi, routers, gaming, all the way through to the weird and wonderful, which a lot of people know Maplin for, which is smoke machines and metal detectors and soldering irons. Um, and yeah, we you know we we stay stay very true to the heritage. Well, we try to stay very true to the heritage of Maplin, which is you know really some of the hardcore electronics products, but then also some of the more mainstream, approachable um, electronics to you know help people make their lives better every day with technology. Fantastic, and I'm sure you're selling a drone or two. I think that last time I checked your website, there's a few few of those on the website, wasn't there? <laughs> a few, a few drones. Drones are a tough one. T- tough one. People like to like to drive them into trees and then uh, get on the phone to customer service and then it's a tough conversation. <laughs> hey guys, you bought the product, it's what you do with it now. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on the podcast today. So in- interesting that you're now that e-commerce reincarnation. Um, so obviously online is huge for you guys. Your growth rate actually was 495% between the years um, trading of 2019 and 2020. And you are sat at number seven in the Lightning 50. Maybe... Tell me a little bit of why, how you think you've achieved this phenomenal growth. 2020 was an interesting year for us. Obviously, we relaunched, I think it was the 30th of January 2019. So 2019 was really getting back on our feet, um, rebuilding the team, the technology, supply chain, everything that goes with starting a retailer. Um, And then 2020, we really, you know, as lockdown kicked in, we were serving people with their home office, work from home equipment in the day. And then straight into the entertainment, music, PlayStations, Xboxes for the evening. So a lot of that growth rate, um, while we obviously had a natural growth rate having been restarting the business, but coronavirus was obviously an effect that that really just sat with our category of products. So, you know, super pleased to have like be able to have that number that we can chat about and, and talk to you guys about. And, you know, we really just worked hard during 2020 to keep the keep the wheels in motion, as, as many retailers did. I'm sure you did. And I guess now it's going forward. It's about sustaining that growth, but also realizing that the, those year on year numbers aren't comparable. You can't compare yourself to the year 2020. And um, it, it's just yeah, just a, an anomaly in a way. It's a good one, obviously, in terms of your sales. But going forward needs to be um, you need to think about things a bit differently, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2020 it was all about having stock availability. You know, if you had the stock, you could sell it because we were all sitting at home buying things. Um, so, I mean, yeah, absolutely. We're not disheartened by year on year numbers. For us, we're all about building a sustainable business. 
obviously having Mapling originally, the original business going the way it did. Um, for us, it's all about the sustainability and making sure that, you know, we're building something that can last. I see. And how many people are on the team now? So we're 15 people uh, directly on our B2C business and focusing on these websites, but we are 50 people at the greater group. I see. And so tell us a few secrets then, you know, what have been some of the factors um, behind the brand success, you know, COVID aside, because obviously that was the macro trend that was going on right there. But what meant that you were in the perfect position to be able to serve those customers in the the way that you did? So personally, I've come from a big operations background and also a technology background. I'm a developer. So I really, when I was starting out Maplin um, in got going really in sort of late 2018 it was about starting from scratch um and, and that's a rare opportunity for a lot of the big retail brands because you know they've got the legacy tech they've got the legacy infrastructure so we could start from scratch so i could look around what, what do we want to do here so we're online only is one obviously a big big benefit when when it came to 2020 um and and sort of like the future trend but secondly we we really reimagine what our supply chain was so we work heavily with um, a concept called dropship. Um, so that means we don't fulfill directly all of our orders. Um, we work with a number of enterprise uh, third-party suppliers who we work with very closely to make sure that they can offer that service on our behalf. We're not a marketplace, but what it has meant is that we can be very, very agile. As I say, stock availability was really important. So during COVID and the last couple of years, it's all been about okay, how do we be agile? How do we have the right products, the right price, make sure it's available and also be resilient to all the challenges that we're facing around, you know, COVIDs and inflation and uh, fuel charges, you know, let's get the stock as close to the customer as possible to make that even from an environmental standpoint, you know, there, there's tons of factors now um, that we need to consider. And, and for us, uh, operationally actually has been and using our technology has been a competitive advantage to us. Talk to me a little bit about that tech then. What's been the kind of hero hero technology stack that you've used that's helped you get to where you are? From an e-commerce website perspective, we work with Magento. From a dropship management and order routing perspective, in order that like, powers that, that distributed supply chain, that's in-house actually. Um, so we have a development team, it's built in C-sharp. Um, and as we see that as a competitive advantage to us, we have built that in-house. Um, But there are some other auxiliary areas such as fraud. We work with a company called Signified. Um, They actually do guarantees of our chargebacks. I I think generally fraud is underappreciated as as a lever of growth um, because the more you sell, the more chance there is of fraud, whereas Signified effectively ensures that fraud. So we can grow as fast as we possibly can without necessarily having to worry about, oh, in 90 days time, this person's going to call up American Express and get their money back. So, you know, little levers like that. We work with a company called Akinio from the product data perspective um, and a company called Swogo for automated bundling of products so that we're, you know, making sure that we increase those basket sizes. Um, Yeah, so there's so many different technologies I can name, but I would say they're the key ones that have really helped us drive our growth, but also just, you know, keep the whole machine going when we've had these troubles over 2020 and 2021. And you said that obviously starting from scratch does give you that joy that other retailers with existing legacy systems do not have that same, you know, oh, let's just go out shopping today for some, for my news check stack and I can, I can start from scratch. What, how did you go about finding all of these fantastic products that you're using right now? It's a good question. I mean, I'm pretty 
in touch with the market. As a developer, I'm sort of reading a lot of the different forums and news websites and things. So I'm seeing a lot of the vendors and, and, and I do I do think the top vendors do tend to rise to the top in terms of coverage uh, and, you know, talking to other people I know in the industry. But, you know, fundamentally, I do get a lot of inbound from, you know, salespeople at these tools. And, you know, you just got to have a good filter and you've got to have a good process around going, what do I actually need? Because everyone will tell you everything <laughs> that their thing is going to change your business. And, and that's not always true, to be honest. So you need a good filter to be able to say, what do I actually need? And then when I know what I need, how do I evaluate? You know, I tend to take the top three options in a space. And, you know, that's quite an arbitrary measure when the top three is not a single place I can look for that. But I try and, and go, are they good technologically? Do I like the culture of the business? Where, where is that going? Um, support, service, you know, they're all big factors for me. I see. And let's go back to some of those challenges and what you're looking at to maybe solve some of the current challenges that you're facing right now. I'm guessing, you know, you touched on pricing, inflation. These are all buzzwords that we're all seeing in the headlines at the minute. And everyone from consumers to businesses are a bit concerned. Is that is that one of the top challenges you're facing right now? Yeah, I would say particularly in electronics, things like, you know, costs of commodities. So, for example, stock coming over from China or the Far East. Um, lots of shortages there causing uh, increases in pricing, shipping, container costs have gone through the roof. I mean, I think something that's really underappreciated is at the beginning of 2023, um, the cost of shipping is about to go a lot higher. Um, new legislation comes in or global shipping legislation comes in that the carriers actually have to reduce their emissions by something up to 20%. Uh, and if these carriers are not um, have not got their new ships or their new fuels or whatever the technology they're going to just have to slow down. And that's going to mean even less container capacity. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I don't want to be too pessimistic, but we've got challenges now and we've got challenges coming up. Last mile delivery is another area which I'm thinking a lot about. Fuel costs going up are going to mean uh, these fuel surcharges are just going to have to be passed on. So who absorbs that? The consumer? Do we absorb that? We're actually working with a partner called Quiver. So they're doing third-party logistics essentially for instant delivery. So you might have seen apps like Gorillas or GoPuff in central London uh, and major cities who we are actually partnered with. And, and this has kind of been the start of our foray into this space is Quiver is, is going to be launching a network of micro fulfillment centers in urban areas, which will hold our stock. And then from that point forward, once we bulk deliver into these micro fulfillment centers, it's just e-bikes or e-vans or when I say e, I mean electric EV vehicles, basically delivering it on that last mile. So hopefully that can, one, reduce emissions, but secondly, can also um, get around some of these fuel costs and, and various spikes in, ch- in, in costs for, for carriers. Yeah, there's so many, so many knock-on effects going on right now. <laughs> it's really tough. And in terms of any new technologies that you're looking to support your future growth rather than tackle the challenges, I know a lot of them are probably in, intertwined um, in terms of scaling the website and um, dealing with orders. Is there anything there that you're looking at? Yeah, my attention has really gone to making sure our operations and our back end is in check. So I think something that I didn't quite understand was, you know, as you grow and as you get bigger, things like returns are a massive problem. You know, you can deal, it doesn't seem like such a problem when you're doing the smaller numbers because they maybe build up in the corner and you sell it on eBay, you get your money back. But once you start getting to the bigger numbers and the bigger scale, you have to have a real process around it. And you have to have a real high volume, effectively an exit plan for these returns. 
So for us, we're really t- turning inwards and going, okay, what technology can we either build or buy um, to make sure that we can very, very efficiently in- enable a good customer experience for our customer and bring it back? I think ASOS, for example, is a perfect example of how easy and how much they've invested in their returns process. Then once it's back, how do we process it quickly? And then fundamentally, how do we get you know, get that problem off our books? And that may be reselling it. That may be trying to recycle it. You know, there, there's a few issues there. But that's really what I think our, our, our next three to six months are, are honed in on, on the technology front. Interesting. So we're coming to the end of our chat. It would be great to hear if you could share with our audience one tip that you would give them to try and grow and scale anywhere close to what you've achieved this year. I think for me, um, and this may be influenced by my own business, is partnerships. I think I've seen how partnerships can really work. For example, we're working with an app called Gorillas, Instant Delivery, and GoPuff, and we're about to launch with B&Q, doing a Maplin on B&Q. While you know that can obviously start pulling your business away from that relationship with the consumer, but for that trade-off, there are some pretty good benefits for it. So I'm I'm thinking a lot about partnerships, and I do do genuinely believe that can really help a lot of businesses grow uh, by collaborating. So diversifying those channels, basically, and getting those touch points mm-hmm. out to even more customers that might not be aware of you in the first place. Absolutely. Great stuff. So you ranked number seven in the Lightning 50 of fastest growing brands, may I add. So what does this recognition mean to you, the business and your employees? Yeah, I mean, you know, thank you for putting us on the list. Really appreciate the recognition. You know, obviously, we don't try and focus too much on these external things, keep our head down, not not look at our competitors. But of course, it's, you know, really nice to be recognized. And it makes us all, you know, all the hard work that we put in makes us feel a little bit better about what we're what we're adding to the world. Fantastic to hear. Oh, Ollie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and all the best with all the future growth that you've got coming your way. I'm absolutely sure of it. And to our listeners out there, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll be back with you with another episode very soon. <laughs>